somebody praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many is thankful to be in the house of the Lord here tonight? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of John chapter 6. We're going to be starting in verse number 60. Hallelujah. John chapter 6. And as you're turning there, I want to say what a wonderful first service of the year we had around here on Sunday. Amen. People going down in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ and coming up new creatures. Amen. There, there really is a, a new start in life. Amen. And it's called being born again of water and of spirit. And uh, we've got uh, those two ladies, Sister Janelle, and I'm struggling. We're, we're working on my names right now, but uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, they're going to be hooked and getting connected uh, with Brother Diaz. And we'll be starting our new life class in February. And uh, it'll be a great time. And uh, the church is growing. Somebody said amen. amen. Hallelujah. I've got to do a quick moment of pastoring. Uh, if you would listen to me for just one second, uh, all adults and children, uh, we are currently in a little smaller of a facility. And so we've got our, our, our three bathrooms and we've got different things going on. Um, and we've got one entrance that we use primarily and it's back here and sister machado and those that will be joining the greeter greeting staff um, in the future what we want to do is we want to make our first impression our best impression amen and so when people come in those doors uh, what we don't want is we don't want people congregating right next to the door because uh, people are trying to come in and and uh, i don't know about you but when i first walked into church if i just saw a bunch of people at the front door i might have turned around and walked out because uh, there was no way to get to my seat and different things like that. Uh, and what it does, it'll impede the ushers and the greeters' job. So if you could do us a favor, and uh, we're going we're gonna to try to do something here in the next little bit. That little back way, uh, there's a little, we'll maybe put up a table, some chairs. Uh, we'll, do it, we'll do it what we can with what we got, amen? Uh, and maybe we'll make that a little fellowship area that if you want to talk and communicate, because we want the church to fellowship and have communication. Somebody said amen. Uh, but but please, if you want to communicate, uh, just don't do it at the door. Uh, we, we're going to do it somewhere else. We've got other places and space that we can do that. Somebody said amen. amen. All right. Now let's get to the word of God. John chapter 6 and verse number 60. I'm excited this Sunday to be announcing our yearly uh, theme. And we're going to be going through that a little bit and, and all that. So you don't want to miss it. And uh, you don't want to miss our very own Brother Ray is going to be teaching on Sunday, and I've heard him teach before, and he does an incredible job, so you want to invite people to that, and we're going to have a good time, amen? John chapter 6 and verse number 60, the Bible says this, many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is an hard saying, who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What, and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. And he said, therefore, un, he said, I'm sorry, and he said, therefore, said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. This is what the verse says in John chapter 6. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will you go away also? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I want to preach slash treat to us for a few moments on this subject. Leaving the crowd. Leaving the crowd. Would you set your Bibles down and let's pray. Let's pray all across this house. 
I believe that God's got a word for somebody. I believe God's got a word for everybody. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God. I thank you for this people, God. Help me to be a blessing with your word to this wonderful group of people. I ask, God, that you touch every heart and every mind and every spirit, God. Hallelujah. Give us ears to hear and a heart to respond, God. Touch us here tonight that your church would grow and expand in the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand and you may be seated in the house of God. Leaving the crowd. We spoke a little bit about this on Sunday. Jesus went in to the wilderness and he went into a place and a time of temptation. It was a place not only of temptation, but it was also a place of proving, proving who he was and what he came to do, uh, not only to himself or to this world, but also to the devil. And uh, I want to tell somebody on, on that thought that there are some things that you need to prove to life. You need to prove to yourself. You need to prove to God. But there's some things you've got to prove to the devil. And, and some of those things are, you might tempt me, but you won't have me. Amen. You might, you might cause me to stumble and fall, but you will not cause me to stay down forever. There's some folks that need to learn how to go through some things. And in those moments, you prove what you are and who you are in God. Amen. And he comes out of that wilderness experience. The Bible says that it was the Spirit that drove Jesus into that wilderness. But when he comes out, he is full of power and full of authority and full of that same spirit. And he comes, and the very first thing that he does is he begins to call his disciples. The Bible lets us know that he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he found Simon and Peter. And he called unto them and said, Come with me, and I will make you to become fishers. Of men, And we don't have time to talk about that here today. But suffice it to say, when God calls you, God's got a purpose for you. God will never call you out of something that he's not ready to call you into something else. God doesn't just remove, amen, if I could put it on this wise. God doesn't just remove drugs and alcohol from your life. But God will replace it, amen, with another addiction. And that addiction is loving God, worshiping God, praising God. Has anybody ever been a recipient of that? Amen. God will never call you out if he doesn't put you in somewhere else. And God will never pull you out of one thing, amen, if he doesn't already have a plan to put you in something else that is better for you, that is more suited for you as a spiritual being and not just a carnal man or woman. And so he calls Simon, who is later called Peter, and he calls his brother Andrew. And then he calls uh, the, the sons of thunder, the sons of Zebedee, James and John. And as this goes forth, we later find that he grabs his 12 disciples and what the rest of his disciples. And what we are seeing here is we are seeing through the eyes of the Almighty God in flesh. Amen. He is letting us know some principles of the kingdom of God. He's letting us know that there is a progression of revival. He did not start in the thousands. He started with the few started with Simon and Andrew. And after he was able to minister to Simon and Andrew, as they walked a little while with Jesus, they were able to find a James and a John. Amen. They were able to double, if you will. Amen. And he started with this small, small few. And can I preach to you about the progression of a revival for just a moment? Uh, in the progression of revival, it always starts with just a few. Revival always starts with just a few leaders. It starts, amen, ultimately it starts with one man. His name was Jesus. It starts with one Abraham. It starts with one Adam. It starts with one Noah. And you'll find as it starts with one man, it goes to a couple men. It goes to a couple women. And, and this starts a group of leaders. And he begins to develop that. 
God's choice for his church is I'm going to develop some leaders and I'm going to work heavily on these few because God knows that in a little moment's time I'm going to have more. You'll find that this group of leaders, not everybody makes the cut. And, and I don't think that was necessarily Jesus' decision. Uh, but you'll find that it was Peter, James, and John that are always found with Jesus going up the mountain. Andrew, somewhere along the lines, I don't know what happened to him, uh, but Andrew fell short or came short or decided it just was not for him being in that leadership view and that inner circle of Jesus Christ. And, and yet there was a Peter, James, and John that said, it doesn't matter what comes. I don't care how tall that mountain is. I'm going to get up that mountain with Jesus. I don't care if it's in the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus is praying and he's so stressed out it's as if great drops of blood are coming from his brow. There's going to be a Peter, James, and John that are sitting right there. They're waiting on God. I want to tell you, that's the will of the Lord. That's the will of the Lord for some people to be so passionate that wherever Jesus is, they're going to show up. Doesn't matter what they got to go through. Doesn't matter what they've got to experience, what they got to see, what they got to feel, what they got to feel. There's going to be a few that say, I just want to be with Jesus. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Then you find that he calls the remaining. They're in that group of 12. We know that not everybody was willing to go the extra mile and go up the hill or go into the garden. Not, everybody, uh, not everybody's willing to go and wait an hour and pray with God. Some people just want to be around Him, but they don't necessarily want to talk with Him. But that, that's another story for another time. Hallelujah. But, but here, these 12 are there, and even in the midst of these 12, there is one by the name of Judas Iscariot, and he is the one that will betray Jesus. And later you'll find in the progression of revival that there is a group, there is a core. These are his 12 disciples. And even in this group and in this core, one is a devil. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, it might be you. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's not your wife or your husband. You might feel that way today, but you love them tomorrow. Hallelujah. But even in this group, and even in this tight-knit core that goes with Jesus just about everywhere, uh, there is one that is just waiting for his opportunity to get rid of Jesus. Just looking for the right moment. The Bible says he's looking for a convenient season. We ain't got time for that. Uh, but he's looking for a convenient time, an easy time to get rid of Jesus. And it is these 12 that are integral in every part of the ministry of Jesus. up with 70 and he sends these 70 out by twos now you got a little bigger group and 70 these 70 I want to tell you about these 70 for just a moment these 70 weren't just your uh, your slackers these 70 he sent them out with power and authority amen well there's there's only 70 of us there's not a lot I'm gonna tell you 70 can perform a lot of miracles there's a lot of miracles sitting on the pews right now on a Wednesday night there's a lot of miracles sitting in your in your household and in your family. Well, we don't have what this church has, and we don't have. Don't worry about none of that. I don't care about numbers. You shouldn't either. Huh? But I'll tell you, there's 70. He said, you're going to go out with power. And they went into every city healing the sick, casting out devils, because these signs shall follow them that believe in his name. He didn't call you, amen, without a purpose to use you. God didn't bring you up out of the world and out of sin for you could sit back and collect dust. No, honey, he's got a purpose for you. He's got power for you. Oh, somebody worship him. Somebody praise him. But you'll find that he has these 70 that go out. And the Bible says the fame of Jesus began to spread. And now... They see the miracles that he's doing, and, and they start to follow him, and, and the disciples have gone out, and there's 70 of them. They've performed miracles, signs, and wonders. And then Jesus decides, well, I'm going to break away for a moment. I'm going to go out into the wilderness, and I'm going to go find, find some solitude. I'm going to pray, and I'm going I'm to make sure that I am not so busy working that I don't have time to get a hold of God. Right. we got to be careful. We don't get so busy we miss the most important thing. 
We can't get so spiritual that we miss the most spiritual things. Amen. We can't get so wrapped up in everything else that we forget the, what the woman with the alabaster box realized. Uh, there was one thing that was needful, and that was to sit at the feet of Jesus, uh, and that was to worship God. I want to tell you, the church has got a lot of work to do, but there's one thing that's necessary. There's one thing we can't do without, and that's people finding their place in God, in the presence of God, at the feet of God. Oh, somebody praise him. Lift up your hands and magnify him. Somebody worship him. That's what we come to church for. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. We got to find our place at Jesus' feet. We got to worship him. We've got to love him. We've got to be with him. He goes out in the wilderness just trying to get along with God. The Bible says 5,000, not including women and children, join. They show up there. and They didn't come out prepared. They came out empty. They came out hungry. Amen. I want to tell you, we're living in a world that's hungry, that's empty. We got them all around our city, and they're coming. You better believe it. They're coming. They're going to come by the droves. They're going to come by the thousands. There's some folks might say, well, that sounds cute, but I'm telling you, it's happened before. It'll happen again. There's people that will come out of the woodworks, and they don't care. If we end up in the wilderness, they will end up there too. Because they're hungry enough uh, to go where they think there's bread and where they think there's water. They've got enough thirst to go all the way out there because they heard about Jesus. And here, this crowd shows up. And that is another progression of revival. You now got the crowd. And in this crowd, Jesus is teaching. And Jesus is preaching. And there's some people that are just waiting on the bread. Amen. There's some folks, I just came to get some bread. I just came to get a little sustenance. I just came to survive another week. I just came to get through another Sunday. And I'm telling you, that's, that's how it is with the crowd. Amen. Because part of revival is when the crowd shows up. Amen. That is a big part of revival because without the crowd showing up, there won't be people to hear this gospel. It'll just be us four and no more. But that's not the will of God for us to just have a few. God wants everybody to hear the word of God. I said he wants everybody to hear the word of God. Men, women, and children, every tribe, every language, every tongue. He wants everybody to have the same opportunity to hear his word. Oh, praise him. Come on, clap your hands and give him some praise. Thank you, Jesus. But this crowd shows up because they heard. They showed up for the fame of Jesus. They showed up. Amen. I want to talk about this crowd for just a minute. There are characteristics of the crowd. The crowd will come just for the show. The crowd will come to see something new. They want to see something exciting. I want to tell you that that's not all wrong. There's some folks that say we ought to just tone church down and chill out a little bit and we shouldn't be that extreme and we really ought to not be that passionate. You want to know why people are going to come into church? They're not going to come because they heard we're a bunch of duddies and, and we just we're just we don't have things going and we're just boring and it's just like every other church. People are going to come because they heard somewhere. You know what? They're crazy, but you ought to check them out because there's something different. Hey, you need a little bit of insanity once in a while. Amen. To come wreck your normalcy. You need something to come up in your world and just let you know there's something different. And there's a crazy world out there that thinks we lost our mind. But they're going to come because what they hear. And when they show up, they're going to realize we worship the one true living God. And we haven't lost our mind. We found it. We haven't. We just found the right thing to praise. We just found the right one to worship. We found the right one to get excited about. We found the... Hallelujah. Oh, somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. The crowd in the world.
is looking. They're going to football games, ripping their shirts off, going wild. Amen. They're shouting about every every other thing. They know all the stats, all the plays. Uh, they'll scream when their team makes it. And they'll shout and scream at the other team when they make it. And they'll get mad and frustrated. Uh, you want to know why people do that? Because uh, in their heart, uh, they know they were created to worship. Uh, they know they were created to be exuberant. Uh, they know that there was something more that they were created for. And when they hear that there's a church in Carson City uh, that is not about to sit back, come on, uh, that is not about to chill out, uh, but they, they, they found where their worship belongs. Uh, they found where their exuberant belongs. Uh, they found where their emotions belong. Uh, and it belongs in the house of God. Oh, somebody worship him. Uh, somebody worship him. Uh, thank you, Jesus. But the crowd will come crowd will come for the show they might just come to see look see brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so go hog wild let them come because there's some in the crowd that are coming just to see the miracles they just want another magic trick they want to be like Herod and just see something cool there's some folks that come and they want to see the pastor sweating and going wild and pulling a rabbit out of the hat let them come let them come let them see that God's doing something. Now, they can, they can receive something if they want it, but if they don't, that's all right too. But let's make sure that when they come in this building, amen, they came for a show, we're going to give them a show. But I'll tell you, before it's all said and done, they're going to see more than they signed up for. They're going to come to see somebody, amen, who, who maybe was sick and nothing changed and we really are a bunch of quacks. But they're going to walk out and say, wow, God really healed people. And wow, God really touched people. Come on. And God really did something. And God really provided. And God really made a way. Oh, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. They're going to come for the fish and loaves. They're going to come because they like the exuberance. They like to hear some things. Don't, don't, don't kid yourself. There's some people that just love to hear preaching. They don't always like to obey it. They don't always like, amen, what it really says. Amen, they hear what they want to hear, and they spit everything else out. But there's some people who just like to hear preaching, and that is part of the crowd. They will come. And ultimately, you'll find another thing with the crowd. Uh, they, they're not all bad. They're not all evil. They love being around Jesus and his disciples. Because they know when we're around Jesus and his disciples, somebody's going to pull out the fish and loaves, and we're going to get fed. And we're hungry and we're empty. And we know that if we hang around Jesus long enough, uh, uh, if we hang around here, amen, with enough enough time, he'll pay our bills and he'll, he'll heal our bodies and he'll take care of us and he'll do this, that, and the other for us. But there is another characteristic of the crowd. Ultimately, the crowd will leave. Amen. The crowd will leave because they think the truth of Jesus is just too hard they said this is a hard saying the crowd will leave because they start thinking wow Jesus we like the fish and the loaves we loved the show we loved amen the miracles that you performed we loved the provision and we loved everything that came along with it but in that we think that you're asking for too much out of us we think that you are requiring a little more than what we want to sign up for let me preach for somebody for a moment. Jesus said this. He was providing fish and loaves, miracles, signs, wonders, doing everything, and everybody's okay. He's talking about loving one another, beatitudes, and everything like that, and they're getting excited about it. And then he stops for a moment, and he stops talking about concepts and precepts, and he looks at them and said, there's got to be some action involved. I'm going to tell you what the crowd doesn't like, and that is when God starts requiring action out of them. They love it when he does all the action and God does all the work, but the crowd's got a problem when he says, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have any part with me. And they said, well, that seems a little extreme, and we don't really want to do that, and that's not what we signed up for. And the crowd will back out, and they will walk away. And the Bible says that from that moment and from that day that many turn back and no longer walk 
walk with Jesus. I want to tell you about the crowd. You got to be careful of the crowd. You got to be weary of the crowd. The crowd that says that's too hard and you're asking for too much and I'd rather just see the show and not be a part of the show. I'd rather just show up and look and watch but never participate. You got to be careful of the crowd. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, come on. We're going to leave the crowd. We're going to leave the crowd before the night's through. We're going to leave the crowd so fast they won't know what hit them. Amen. I'm telling you, it's going to be called revival. And here, the Bible says that he knew that many of them were murmuring. The crowd is the biggest form of complainers you'll ever find on the earth. Now, I hope you know I'm not preaching. If you're part of the crowd, I'm preaching to you, but everybody else, you just assume you're part of the core. But in this, he knew they're murmuring and complaining. Come on, Israel. The reason they didn't go out and go into the promised land, they were murmuring and complaining. They can't ever have anything good to say. If you're that kind of person, you're part of the crowd. Well, I don't like this, I don't like that. You're part of the problem. You're part of the crowd. And God's saying, well, instead of complaining about all the problems, why don't you make some, instead of asking for change, be the change. Instead of asking for things to be different, why don't you make a difference? Mm -hmm. But in this, he says, does this offend you? Because he knows the crowd is easily offended. He said that, that many of them, not he knew it already, that many of them did not believe because the crowd is often full of doubt. And he begins to talk to them about the spirit and how it quickens and how it helps. And he says, but it's not like the flesh because he knows that in the crowd there is nothing but flesh. And it is the carnal nature of man. And ultimately it is the crowd mentality that will walk away when things get hard, when things look hard, when things hear hard. And they just don't want that kind of commitment. The kind of people that love the shout and the dance but when it comes down to saying what are you going to do about it on Monday morning that's the crowd the Bible says that from that day they no longer walked with them and that means the crowd said we're out of here and as Jesus sat there he saw the crowd leaving and no tears were given by Jesus not one head was shaken he didn't care. Not that he didn't care for people, understand me. He let them go. There's some folks who think that revival's only in the swelling. But I want to tell you, it's not always in the swelling, it's in the condensing. Revival's not always when, when we're swinging from our chandelier here. Amen. Revival's sometimes when people walk out the back doors. I know that sounds hard for some folks. Now, I know some people, they think that revival is when you run everybody off. That is not revival. That's mean you got a mean spirit, and I hope that you don't feel I have that. Uh, but, but I'm going to tell you, revival is when you tell people what thus saith the Lord, and you show it to them, and you have tears in your eyes trying to explain to them. Uh, amen. The Bible says instructing those uh, who oppose themselves. Uh, and you realize, just like Paul, before his conversion, Paul, you're kicking against the pricks, and you don't realize uh, that what you're kicking against is hurting you. Jesus is saying, you're not hurting me. You're hurting yourself. Uh, and you got to instruct those that oppose themselves. Uh, but it's with tears in your eyes. Uh, you watch people walk out the back doors and you have an understanding they're part of the crowd you understand they're part of this crowd and Jesus is saying I've got to have a church not a crowd I've got to have a core, not a crowd. I've got to have a people for my namesake that want to be here. I've got to have a people that love me with their whole hearts. I'm not looking for quantity. I'm looking for quality. And if we get quality, we will have quantity. And if we get this right and we don't, amen, they might go this way and that way, but we'll condense what we have. And what we have will be more valuable. And what we have will have more anointing. And what we, oh, come on, somebody worship him. Hallelujah. Revival's not always in the swell because not all growth is of God. Not all growth in the body is right. Some of it's cancerous. Amen. And God comes by like a good physician and begins with his scalpel to cut away. And there's some folks that say, 
Well, last year, this time, we had more people in the building. Don't let the swell confuse you. Don't let the swell confuse you. Uh, that's where Judas got off. Uh, Judas saw, uh, I'm part of a mega church. Uh, I'm about to be uh, one of the 12 in command. Uh, I'm going to be over this whole thing. And he started looking. Uh, Amen. My name's going to be on a flyer. And uh, everything's going to be in lights. And everything's going to go well. Uh, and Judas had no problem following Jesus and delivering bread and, and fish and serving and doing all these things as long uh, as there was something in it for him. Uh, but there was Judas standing there. Uh, and he realized uh, what's going on on. People are leaving. Maybe I jumped onto the wrong ship. Maybe I, I got to attach to this Jesus thing. And Judas watches. The whole crowd left. And it was there in his heart. He sought to betray Jesus. In that moment, he didn't understand it. He didn't understand. He thought, he thought, I thought we were having revival. I thought things were growing. Now people are leaving. Don't let that confuse you. Don't let that, don't let that get you messed up in your thinking. You don't worry about the crowd. You keep your eyes focused on Jesus. You don't worry about what everybody else says or does. You keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Don't worry about the swell. Don't worry about the crowd. You just worry about Jesus. You just worry about your walk with God. You just stay as close to him as you can. Oh, somebody pray. Somebody pray. Jesus looks at what he has left. And you'd think he'd say, please don't leave me. Everybody else left me. Listen. If people want to leave, we'll pray for them, we'll love them, but I'll not beg anybody to stay. Hey, I know people that like that manipulation tactic, and let me just pass it for a moment. They like to say, well, if you don't do something, I'm going to leave. Bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. We love you. God bless you. hope that's not too harsh. Amen. But when you leave, God's going to fill your seat ten times over. Amen. Because we don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But when the crowd leaves, the church shows up. When the crowd goes, he starts adding to the church daily. Such as should be saved. When the thousands of crowd go away, he ends up with 120 in the upper room. And they're not worried about anything else but being in one accord, in one place, having all things common. And they just want to pray. They just want to be full of the Spirit. They're just excited. And then they go and they begin to reach everybody. Oh, somebody praise him. Jesus looks at these people says will you go also and this is what the core says we don't have a backup plan God's God's not looking for a crowd. Jesus could build a crowd faster than any of us could. He could build thousands in a matter of moments. It just takes one miracle. It just takes one thing getting out there in the public to bring a crowd. If you think it takes 50,000 years to have a revival church, you got it wrong. God could do it in a moment. One person with blind eyes from birth, all he's got to do is heal them. And everybody's going to come out of the city and come to the church. But God's not looking to build a crowd. God's looking to build a church. And God won't build a church on a crowd. God will build it on his core. He'll build it on his disciples. He'll build it on those that will be there when everybody else leaves. He'll build it on those that don't have backup plans. He'll build it on those that say we got a revelation. He'll build it on those that say we know who you are. Somebody worship him. Somebody praise him. Oh, somebody praise him all across. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel Jesus. Somebody worship him. Come on. God's calling somebody out of the crowd. God's saying, why don't you stay? They might have gone, but why don't you find your way out of that crowd? There's more room. I don't just need 12 disciples. I can have 5,000 if you all want to stick it out. I don't want to run them off, but I want a core. I want a church. I want a disciple. I want a follower. Let's stand all across the building. Lift up our hands. Let's pray. Well, let's pray all across this building. Let me preach to you for a moment. Stay standing.
The core does not have a backup plan. Peter says, where shall we go? I don't have anywhere else to go. And God's trying to build a church on people that say, no, there's only one way. And I found what I've been looking for. And God said, I'll multiply my church on that. He said, we don't, we don't know where to go because we know that you're the son of the living God. You're the only one that has the words of eternal life. And Peter, can I tell you, he doesn't just have the words of eternal life. He is the word of eternal life. In other words, God's core and what God builds his church on is, is, is not on the crowd mentality that goes based on their feelings, on what they see, but God builds his church upon those that have a revelation. They don't operate on their feelings and on their emotions, but they operate based on, I know him, I love him, I want more of God. He says, let the crowd go. Because Peter, what you need to understand is those that are here for the fish and the loaves. Y'all, do you see this? Those that are here, as I walk into Jerusalem, crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. In just a few chapters, that crowd will be saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. God says, I don't want wishy-washy people building my church. Everybody's welcome of everywhere, every background. But when I lay this foundation, when I build something that will that will withstand the test of time, when I build a church that's not just around for 50 years, but it'll be, be around until Jesus comes, I got to build a foundation on people that got a revelation, that got to walk with God, that are willing to do what he says. Go ahead, let them... Let them go today. They'll be back in Jerusalem crying, Hosanna. And in a few days, they'll be saying, crucify him. But if I can get you to move from the crowd to the core, Peter. If I can get you to move from that crowd mentality that you just you judge it based on the popular opinion. Well, what do you think? Don't live your life for God based on what everybody else thinks. You've got to live your life on Revelation. I know what God told me. I know what God's been speaking to me. I know what God's been showing me. you got to live off revelation, not off feeling or everybody else's opinion. And at that moment, Peter, you can make up your decision. Am I going with the crowd or am I staying in the core? And am I going to follow everybody else because the fish and the loaves are gone and because we're not seeing it like this, that, or the other? Or am I going to be here? And here's the beautiful thing about those that leave the crowd to be part of the core. Acts chapter 2, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon one or two of them. It sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. I want to tell you who was in that building. There was those that had said, you know what? I'm not looking to follow the crowd. I want to be in that upper room waiting for God. I want to be there when that promise shows up. I want to be there when God gets us that building. I want to be there when I see souls filled with the Holy Ghost by the thousands. I want to see the blinded eyes open. I want to lay hands on the sick and they cover but I gotta leave the crowd behind and join that car and be there with Jesus to the end lift up your hands I'm done preaching somebody pray somebody pray God's calling somebody uh, to a deeper level of commitment uh, I'm not just going with what everybody else says uh, and what everybody else thinks uh, I gotta know him I gotta know him uh, I gotta know him This altar call here today is not an admission of guilt. I actually came to preach for the benefit of the core. God is calling people to a deeper level. And with a deeper level, that means there's a deeper commitment. And here tonight, we're going to come and make a commitment. A commitment that says it doesn't matter what everybody else does. It doesn't matter what I see or what I feel. I'm going with Jesus. I'm going with Jesus. Lord, I'm somebody you can build your church on. I'm somebody that you can you can put some weight on me. I'm somebody you can speak out word over my life, over my family, and we'll take it and we'll put it on the very core. 
want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray? God's got a call for somebody to leave that crowd behind. To leave the crowd mentality behind. And say, God... Is there room for me in the core? Is there room for me not on the outskirts, not riding the fence, but Lord, I know there's room for me as close to you as I can be. And Lord, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. I want to be in your presence. I want to be right next to you. Somebody pray. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it. I feel it, I feel it. God, I'm committing myself. I'm committing myself. I'm going to leave that crowd behind. And I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay right with you. I'm going to stay right there with you. Somebody pray. Come on, that's it all across this building. Come on, there's some young men and some young ladies that say, God, I might be young, but God, I want to be part of the core of your church in this city. I want to be part of the core of your body of believers. I don't want to be shaken. I don't want to be, I don't want to be thrown on the wayside. I want to join. I want to condense myself. I want to get closer to you. Come on, there's some young men, some young ladies. There's some married couples that God's saying, I just want a little more commitment out of you. I just want you to go to that next level. And when you go to that next level, you're going to see miracles happen. When the church goes through the core, we're going to, we're going to see things like we've never seen them. to pray right now. I got to leave that crowd behind. I got to leave that crowd mentality. I got to leave those crowd thought processes. I've got to go deeper. I've got to get closer to Jesus. Come on, somebody pray.
Come on, that's it all across the building. Don't worry about anybody else. This is your time with Jesus. God's saying, can you get your commitments to go deeper? God's saying, can you make your consecrations go deeper? Because I'm wanting to use you more. I want to be closer to you. I want to be closer to you. But God wants to know, do you want to be closer to him? I'm not worried about everybody else. I just want to be with Jesus. this building let's lift up our hands there's some folks that have left the crowd behind said to after today i'm gonna be as close to jesus as possible in my commitment in my lifestyle in my worship in my consecrations and dedications i'm just gonna leave that crowd behind and i'll be here god i'll be here god i'll be here god because i want to be close to you Somebody pray. Sing that all across the building. I want to be where you are. Come on, it's a necessity for me. I'm not concerned about what everybody else is doing. I, I want to be with Jesus. I don't care what everyone else in my family does. I want to be with Jesus. I don't care what everyone else in the church does. I want to be with Jesus. I don't care what the other disciples do. I want to be with Jesus. I got to go deeper. Somebody worship him. Somebody praise him. Come on, that's my prayer. more time all across the building. Let's love him. Let's love him. Come on, God is meeting with us here today. God has met with us here today. God, I want to go deeper. I want to get closer, God. I want to get closer, Jesus. Because at the end of it all, I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. I just want proximity. I just want closeness. Hallelujah. Somebody worship Jesus. Ghost just moving through this building. If you want to keep praying, you're welcome to keep praying. But if you're done, respect those that are praying. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. Let's come back ready for revival. Let's bring somebody to the house of the Lord on Sunday. 
for awesome teaching by Brother Reyes. And we're going to have a Holy Ghost move of God in Jesus' name. God bless y'all.